0: Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts on Substack.com. You can go subscribe to that at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than five seconds to sign up, and it helps me out immensely. And if you'd like to support me and help me pay my bills with a paid subscription, I would certainly welcome it. So please do go subscribe, charlotteclimber.substock.com. March 1st, 2024. We're lucky to be the destination of migrants. Yesterday was a bit of high political drama as President Biden and Donald Trump simultaneously paid visits to the southern border in Texas, 266 miles away from each other, Biden Brownsville and Trump in Eagle Pass. Their leadership approaches couldn't have been any different, of course. Trump and the GOP are once again seizing on immigration as their tip of the spear campaign message, claiming that our nation is under threat from undocumented migrants, It is not. And President Biden is doing his damnedest to fight disinformation on the issue while projecting strength in the face of the GOP's bumper sticker philosophy jousting. In Brownsville, the president talked up the bipartisan border deal that got pretty obviously scuttled by Senate Republicans in deference to Trump, whose racist immigration rants have become his signature song. He also encouraged Trump to join him in calling on Congress to act, Some of the left are angry at President Biden for this perceived olive branch. And respectfully, that makes no sense to me. It's a smart political move. He knows Trump isn't going to engage in good faith on this issue. And he knows there are moderates who will be won over that someone in this debate is attempting to meet the other halfway. We've arrived at a predictable cycle in the immigration debate. The Republican Party spreads lies and half-truths about undocumented migrants, political media pretends to kind of, sort of push back against the disinformation, but not really, and most Democrats weakly fumble in attempting to mollify concerned moderates who don't understand that this is a contrived issue. Anyone old enough to remember the uh, 2018 midterms, approximately 20 years ago it feels like, will recall the conservative media panic over migrant caravans, that were about to invade the United States. The day after the midterms, that issue quickly faded away and the next clown cause took its place to stoke outrage. See, the Republican Party doesn't really have any good ideas on how to protect the border for the simple reason that the border is too big to protect. The U.S.-Mexico border is nearly 2,000 miles long. Barring some unforeseen advancement in extraordinary technology, it is impossible to protect the border. Even assuming a wall that long could be built for several reasons, notably cost. It cannot be built the entire stretch of border would still need to be actively monitored. You can scale these walls and cut through them. Seriously, there are videos of this happening. Someone's got to be there to prevent that from happening, right? So let's be generous for a second and pretend that there'd only need to be a skeleton crew, say five personnel, for every two miles along this hypothetical wall. That works out to about 5,000 personnel being actively deployed at any given moment. But these folks need sleep. So at about a standard 40 hours a week, we're actually looking at 20,000 personnel at least being actively deployed to actively monitor the border. So presumably, after we've built this giant wall, which in itself is quite expensive, There will be the far more complicated task of comprehensively guarding the wall and repairing it over time, forever. No one should understand this better than Trump. Remember his campaign pledge in 2016, he would get the wall built and Mexico would pay for it? Well, Trump came into office in 2017 with a federal trifecta. The presidency, the House, and the Senate were all under GOP control. In fact, the Republican majorities in Congress were more than enough to get done whatever the hell needed to be done in order to build a wall. Everything was in place to act on his main campaign pledge. And yet, four years later, the Trump administration had built just 52 miles of new primary border barriers. Basically, 52 miles of new wall. Although he often takes credit for 500 miles, because about 90% of that were repairs to existing primary and secondary border barriers. Basically, this man talked so much shit about the border and the non-existent migrant crime wave and how only he could take care of it, and yet after voters gave him every lever of power he needed to do just that, only an additional 2.7% of the U.S.-Mexico border had new barriers by the end of his term. Oh, and... Mexico didn't pay a dime. Of course. I mean, really think about that. Trump could have single-handedly ensured the wall got built in those first two years of his presidency, but he didn't far from it. Why? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I got four points for you. Number one, Donald Trump and the Republican party know that's an impossible task to comprehensively protect the border and stop the immigration of undocumented migrants. It ain't going to happen. There's just too much border for it to be feasible. Number two, Trump and the GOP partly don't want to solve this issue because it's an incredibly potent vehicle for racist propaganda and electoral strategy. Part of the allure of this topic is that it's very easy to message on in bad faith, replete with blatant disinformation, because it can't actually be solved, and thus it's the gift that keeps on giving. Three, they partly don't want to solve it, which would mean mass deportations and asylum refusals, among other things, because they know that the American economy would collapse without undocumented migrants. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office, CBO, has estimated the influx of new immigrants, documented and undocumented, excuse me, undoc- excuse me, documented and undocumented, will strengthen the U.S. economy by, by $7 trillion over the next decade. Excuse me. I apologize. Let me reread that. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office, CBO, has estimated the influx of new immigrants, documented and undocumented, will strengthen the U.S. economy by $7 trillion more over the next decade than without this labor force otherwise. So literally, literally, undocumented migrants are better for our economy. (laughs) Our economy is better with an influx of undocumented migrants. Number four, final point. Fear is a primary motivator for the Republican base, and the foolish moral panic over the non-existent migrant crime wave, there is no migrant crime wave, makes for excellent propaganda, which draws considerably more fundraising and electoral sting in much of the country. Now look, I don't think all conservatives or all Republicans are included in the above. There are reasonable adults on the right who simply want common sense measures in place, to prevent the rare, demonstrably dangerous immigrant from entering the country. That is entirely reasonable, and I agree with it. We should have sensible border security policies in place, but folks, I gotta tell you, when I think of national security or the economy, undocumented migrants aren't among the first 10 concerns that come to mind for either. I grew up in Texas, as did generations of my family before me. I grew up around undocumented migrants. I had classmates and friends and neighbors who are undocumented. And I'll tell you something that I think is especially weird about many Republicans in Texas. They'll say illegal immigration is a problem, except when it comes to the undocumented migrants they personally know. Oh, that guy? He's good people. Leave him and his family alone. They're not bothering nobody. They are aware of this paradox, and they don't seem to care that it's hypocritical. I grew up around a lot of these kind of conservative folks. And I don't find this complicated stance of theirs especially heartwarming. I think it's ridiculous and frustrating. There is no border security crisis to our South. If anything, there's a humanitarian crisis that should be all too easy to address with the kind of supposed Christian values that are consistently shoved down our throats by Republican politicians. Somehow pro-life, means forcing 11-year-old rape, excuse me, somehow pro-life means forcing 11-year-old rape victims to give birth, but not welcoming desperate and hungry migrants with open arms, recognizing that our savior too was a migrant on this earth. Selective Christianity is a hell of a thing. These folks seem to inaccurately deploy the Bible as a weapon for their own misguided judgment, but never seem to read what Christ said constantly about our collective duty to the poor and the otherwise vulnerable. Christ never said, for you shall welcome migrants with love, provided they properly navigate the needlessly and insufferably Byzantine process of U.S. customs and immigration, often via repeated attempts, often without success, and offered a dubious and illogical explanation as to why. No, Christ was very clear about being kind and generous to the most vulnerable among us, regardless of nationality. Sure, this is all very easy for me to say because I'm not running for president. My job is to fight disinformation and highlight the hypocrisy of bigots and offer you, my readers, a reasonable top-line analysis of all this. President Biden is finding a far different battle. He knows how quickly clumsy messaging can escalate into calamity and sabotage what might be the last ever fair presidential election we'll have in the event that Trump should prevail. The mass communications in all this are mind minefield. And I think there are a lot of well-meaning progressives who are losing sight of the big picture. We have to make it through November. And this discourse is extremely delicate and taking an aggressively progressive approach on this issue, especially without Congress, is very foolish. The president, wise man that he is, looks for every opportunity to win over moderates. Yesterday's statement directed at Donald Trump was not an olive branch. It was an incredibly smart way of getting a lot of moderate voters to ask, wait, What is Trump's plan on this issue? And why didn't he get it done the first time around? And where is his legislative proposal? Where are his ideas? And also, it gets some moderates to recognize that the president is at least trying to work with his opponents, while Trump just keeps insulting his. All of this is frustrating, no no doubt about that. It's enraging and exasperating and heartbreaking. We should be welcoming undocumented migrants as a boon to our society and economy. We should be prioritizing human rights, especially in the echoes of 100,000 church sermons every week on Christ's love. We are a better country because of our undocumented siblings. We're also stuck in a discourse that is held hostage by zero-sum pronouncements rooted entirely in racist views and completely detached from the data. In taking the basic adult responsibility of acknowledging that our current politics are chaotic and often unpredictable, it should be much easier for those of us who are reasonable adults, regardless of where we fall on the political spectrum, to have more grace with each other on this issue. We should be educating each other and contextualizing what the next eight months would mean, will mean for the future of our democracy. Let's just get to November. Let's beat Trump. Let's beat this goddamn guy first and then turn our attention to fixing the mess he created. Because if we don't do that, what happens next on this issue will be far worse than any of us can imagine. And undocumented migrants deserve a hell of a lot better than performative arguing that ultimately leads nowhere.